Welcome to the Chamber Buds with Bobby. I'm Bobby Vandenbulk, Member Services Director with the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce. In this podcast, you will learn how people got their start, what brought them to the Exeter area, and how they'd like to be remembered. We will give you a unique look into the lives of the people who make up our community. And as you know, we always say, people are going to do business with people they know and trust. So let's get started getting to know this person behind this business. So today, my guest is Ned Carpenter. He's the president of the Growth Coach of Southern New Hampshire. Um, Obviously, it's in Southern New Hampshire. So Ned, welcome. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. We are so happy to have you as our guest today and learn a little bit more about you. Very glad to be here. So Ned, tell me a little bit about what um, the Growth Coach of Southern New Hampshire does. Well, Yeah, it's uh, the name I think can be a little bit misleading for some people. I'm not sure that they know exactly how to interpret it, but um, essentially what I do is I work with small to medium-sized independently owned businesses um, on uh, coaching business owners, managers, and sales teams to maximize and get the most out of their talents, their time, their resources, and um, try to create um, a better life for themselves, both professionally and personally. Oh, I love that. That's that, that <laughs> very nice, actually. I, I like it. And that's, yeah. yeah. And, and you well, see- it, it, every, every time I'm asked, you know, exactly what I do, uh, it, that's the, that is the synopsis, but it, it comes out a little bit differently every time. So <laughs> next time you ask me, it might be a little bit different, but essentially the, the basics are there. Well, you know, as, as you say in, in the name, it, it's growth. So it kind of, it grows and changes. Right. I like it. So you stay pretty much in Southern New Hampshire. Yeah, so um, I live I live in Newmarket, and um, you know the territory that I cover is basically Rockingham, Strata, and Stratford County. Um, you know that that territory. Although we do go down 101 all the way west to Manchester, so okay. kind of I guess I'll call it the 101 corridor, right, from <laughs> Manchester to the coast. Okay. Um, you know, in, in, in just North and South of 101, it's a, it's, you know, it's a heavy concentration of businesses, heavy concentration of, of population for us in the state of New Hampshire. As you know, the Southern part of New Hampshire is where about 80% of the population is. So, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's really focused in that 101 corridor. I love that. I love that. So I was just going to ask you, did you grow up here? Did you, are you from around here? Boy, uh, I am not, and um, we could make this as long as we want or as short as we want in terms of an answer, but um, I'm not from New Hampshire. I grew up um, in, in a small town outside of Albany, New York, um, that uh, um, at the time was probably a population of about 2,500 people called Averill Park, um, and uh, about halfway between Albany and, and the Massachusetts state line. Um, my family is, is from upstate New York. My mother's side is from uh, the uh, New England area. Uh, she was born and raised on Martha's Vineyard. 
um, left there when, when she went to college and really never went back. But, you know, so I spent my youth kind of exploring all of New England. I spent a lot of time on the vineyard uh, with my grandmother still living there and until she passed uh, about uh, 30 years ago. Um, and then, um, you know, I went to college, uh, when I went to college, I, I decided I was going to the white mountains in New Hampshire and went to Plymouth state. Um, so I spent four years in Plymouth, New Hampshire in the mid eighties, um, had a lot of fun, probably a little bit too much. Um, but you know, had a great time, loved New Hampshire, loved the mountains, uh, did a lot of skiing and hiking, et cetera, and, and just, uh, fell in love with the area. And of course, after that, I bounced around a little bit as, you know, 22 year olds usually do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I tell everybody, you know, I've probably lived, I, I have lived in almost every New England state, um, Northeast state with the exception of Vermont and Rhode Island. So um, bounced around a little bit. Um, my mother at the time lived in, in New Jersey in the late eighties, early nineties, lived with her for a little while. And um, uh, while I was down there, had no intention of staying, but I ended up meeting my wife. Oh, wow. So um, <laughs> I met my wife in New Jersey. She's uh, a native of uh, New Jersey. And, you know, we met and stayed there for about 10 years. And that's where we started our family. Oh, um, gosh. So as it, as it turned out, I started a career with a company um, at, at that point. Uh, Napa Auto Parts, um, and I worked on the distribution side of the Napa organization with small independent store owners and helping them grow their businesses. And um, they transferred us a few times. Um, that's where we started to move around and spend some time in Connecticut, spent some time in Maine. Uh, they sent us back to New Jersey. And, um, you know, all the while our kids are growing up and um, we spent uh, ten, the last 10 years with the company we spent in New Jersey until the kids both got out of high school and have since graduated college at this point and decided we wanted to move back to New England. Nice. Um, so we landed back in New Hampshire. I, I, I should say I landed back in New Hampshire. She had never lived in New Hampshire, been here, of course, but uh, never lived here. So we landed back here in New Hampshire in about 2018. So nice. and here, here we are. Exactly. (laughs) You moved back pandemic. Unbelievable. I know. Right. Yeah. It, it, uh, the timing probably wasn't the best in retrospect as you know, through all this stuff, but, um, you know, as they say, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. So how, how does your wife like it here? Being a Jersey girl and all, how she like it here? Wasn't easy, but we did it. And, um, you know, she's, she's getting used to New Hampshire, back used to the northern New England uh, winters. Um, I will say the winter's a little bit longer here yeah. than, uh, than she was used to in New Jersey. But, um, yeah, she likes it. And uh, we've gotten to know some really nice people in, in the area. We spend a lot of time in Newmarket, Durham, you know, Exeter, Stratum. We've gotten to know quite a few people. So it's been good. That's great. Now, are your, are your kids around here? As a matter of fact, they, they are. My, my daughter, uh, when she graduated from college, uh, she went to the University of Scranton in Pennsylvania. Uh, she, when she graduated, she got a job in New York City and, 
and uh, lived with us when we were still in New Jersey for a little while, moved out on our own in toward the city in Hoboken. And, and then as the pandemic hit, um, she got a little tired of commuting into Manhattan. Uh, she decided she wanted to move up here. So she, she lived with us again for a little while and she has since moved out and is living in Portsmouth. Nice. Um, and my son uh, just last May graduated from James Madison University and, and uh, he's living with us, started his first job about a month ago or so. And, and uh, um, so he's, he's still with us, um, which, is, which is good. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> I, hear you. Yeah. I hear you <laughs> yeah if you know what I mean I mean he's he's a wonderful kid there we're blessed to have two great kids um but you know as they get older and as we get older it probably is a good thing that they move out um and, Absolutely. and yeah Absolutely. I but, totally uh, understand what you're saying it's and good to have them close though it really is it is that that's really nice um so tell me um grew up in what town did you grow up in i grew up in a small town called averill park new york okay i, I didn't catch that when you said that yeah um, it's it's about 15 minutes 20 minutes east of albany okay all right so do you consider yourself a city boy or do you consider yourself a country boy no i'm i'm more of a uh I gravitate toward the country activities more so than the city activities. Okay. Um, I spent, I spent 20 years of my professional career in the New Jersey, New York Metro area. Uh, so I got used to the, to the city, you know, city life, I call it. I, although when we lived in New Jersey, we were, we were very, uh, in a very rural area. It was, um, horse farms, rolling hills, oh, nice. really nice area in Northwest New Jersey. So um, we were kind of country more so than, than uh, you would consider anything city-like down there. But uh, yeah, I'm not a city guy. <laughs> I'm much more of a country guy. My wife, on the other hand, is probably the opposite. So. <laughs> well, it's good that she has access to Boston and Portland and, Correct. you know, yeah far away from new york either so and right yeah yeah we get back down once in a while yeah yep. exactly exactly um so what are your parents first names my mother's name is kathy and my father's name is bob and what kind of family did they grow with did they grow up in a big family small family where, where did they fall in the, the wow well um, yeah, neither, I wouldn't say either one of them are from big families. My father, my, my parents divorced when I was, uh, late teenage years in high school. Um, they're both remarried at this point, um, and have been for quite a long time, but, uh, my father, uh, still lives on the same street that he grew, he was born and raised on, oh. uh, Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. He lives across the street from the house that, uh, his parents, raised the family in he's oh, one of gosh. three he's a he's a twin um and uh has, has got one older brother so there's three in his family um and uh, my mom is is one of three as well she was the oldest and uh she as i said before she grew up on martha's vineyard so um you know a little bit different childhood 
Although when, uh, when she was growing up there, it certainly wasn't then what it is now, yeah. you know, and it's, it's been, it's been popularized and so on because of all the, the political figures and the celebrities that have popularized it and, and skyrocketed real estate values. Absolutely. So yeah. I can't even imagine what life was like out there in the yeah. time that your mom was growing up. I mean, what, yeah. what brought them there? Well, I, you know, I think um, as the story goes, my grandmother was actually born in North Adams, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Her parents uh, were French Canadian um, and, you know, migrated from uh, Ramouski, Quebec, uh, at some point in the early 1900s. And when my grandmother was born out in North Adams, when she was six months old, they decided they were going to change their lives and they moved to Martha's Vineyard. Now, this would have been, boy, I guess it probably would have been somewhere in the 1920, 1925 range, somewhere around there. Um, And, you know, she, uh, they moved to the vineyard, they bought a farm. um, And, you know, just uh, farmed for their life, uh, the lifestyle out in, on the vineyard. Good for them. For that sounds, yeah. That just sounds, I, I can't imagine being on Martha's Vineyard in the twenties. Yeah, I'm sure it was a little different. That's no <laughs> doubt about it. A hundred years ago, I'm sure, you know, Martha's Vineyard, um, you know, my, my grandparents bought a, um, a house that's actually no longer there. It was sold and they moved the house when they sold it. Um, uh, but it was on the corner of Davis Lane and Peace Point Way on Martha's Vineyard in Edgartown. And um, at the time it was probably not just the outskirts of town, but I think it was in the boonies. I mean, you know, as I was growing up, we would we would walk, you know, four or five blocks to downtown Edgartown, grab ice cream at night and go, you know, hang out at the pier and so on and so forth. But um, when they bought it in the, in the early forties, it was in the boonies yeah. and, uh, it was a great old farmhouse. It was built in 1867 yeah. and, um, you know, it was, it was just a great place. It was a double lot, a full, full block wide, um, beautiful, beautiful area. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I would spend weeks at a time out there during the summers and, oh. and holidays and whatnot. It was it was nice. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, really like that. Yep. Now, what did your what did your dad do for work? Boy, my, my father uh, he, he was uh, he was in the Air Force when I was born. He left the Air Force shortly thereafter, around 1967. I want to say he got out of the Air Force, and um, he worked in uh, well water treatment for 50 years. Oh, wow. Matter of fact, he's my dad is 79 years old and um, he <laughs> he still works. He still works, uh, um, you know, probably 15 hours a week and, and has his hand in the business still, um, you know, working for somebody just doing doing quotes and just specking out jobs for for municipalities and so on and so forth, because he just likes it. He likes to stay busy. I, I think I'm a lot like him in that regard and, and, um, like to always be busy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still that. got his hand in it. 
Yeah. Now, what about your mom? Well, well, my mom was uh, was a career AT and T employee. She um, she started with Ma Bell um, in oh, you're dating the, yourself. yeah in the 50s. She started with the telephone company on the Vineyard in Edgartown, working the switchboard. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So she. Um, when she was in college, she did that during the summers. And uh, when she graduated, I guess she just went right to work for for the telephone company and worked for the work for AT and T for um, and until she retired. She retired semi young. I think she retired about uh, twenty years ago now. Um, she too is seventy nine, and um, you know, so for forty years she worked for AT and T. That is amazing. Yeah, you just don't hear about those stories anymore, you know? Not as often, no. no. Certainly not, yeah. yeah. It's a good thing or a bad thing. It, uh, I, you know, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I was with one company for 25 years, and and, and uh, it, that was a bit of an anomaly, you know, even when I was doing it. But I will say, I think it depends on the company. You know, I worked for a great company, had a great career, loved it. Um, it was just time to move on so I could grow. And, um, you know, um, it was, uh, it was a great experience. So I think there's something to be said. And I've, I've learned so much since I left as well, about four years ago and, and done a couple of different things. And, and it's, um, it's been good because, you know, had I not left the company, I certainly wouldn't have done what I'm doing now. Um, definitely wouldn't have started my own business. Um, and so it's, it's really helped me kind of expand and, and do some things that I probably just never even would have thought of doing. Um, at the same time, it was great. The stability, I learned a lot, made great friends, lifelong friends. And, um, you know, the experiences were, were tremendous. Well, they say everything happens for a reason, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, do you have yep. any siblings? Do I? No, I don't. I'm an only child. Aha. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I, uh, people often ask me, so did you enjoy being an only child? And uh, I, I always respond by, well, I didn't not enjoy it, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm a perfectly you know stable know, right? person. Yeah. How would I know? I mean, <laughs> When I was 10 years old, I certainly wasn't walking around saying, boy, I hate being an only child. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, but only child. I didn't realize. See, yeah. I've, I've learned something about you already. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, what, it, what was it like in your household growing up? Just a typical kind of day. What was it like? Huh. Uh <clears throat> Well, both my parents worked, so you know it was it was fairly it was fairly I want I don't want to say rigid it was it was structured. Yes. It was it was structured. You know, every every day, both parents got up, went to work, put me on the bus. I went to school. When I got home, I was with my grandmother who lived right across the street, my father's mother, <laughs> um, for a couple of hours until they got home, and I went home. So it was. It was fairly structured in that regard, but at the same time, I would say, you know, I grew up uh, 
those years in the seventies and, um, you know, boy, often my wife and I look at each other and say this to ourselves. It's man, I wish it were the seventies again. And, <laughs> and at what point, at what point would you have ever thought you would say that? <laughs> um, if you ever lived through the seventies, it's, um, yeah, you look back and you go, what happened? How did we get here? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I hear you. But it was, it was good. I mean, my, my childhood was, was awesome. Um, you know, had a great neighborhood, grew up with a neighborhood of full of, full of kids around my age, whatever, whatever season it was after school, we were outside playing that game, football, baseball, uh, pond hockey, whatever it was, we were doing it. And, um, you know, I, I always got the, uh, the dinner bell, um, or the (laughs) shout across the neighborhood that it was time to come home for dinner. Exactly. Um, Isn't it funny? You know, you don't, yeah. we didn't think anything about, okay, see you later. Right. So they didn't, they, our parents didn't know where we were until we heard that, that, that holler across the, the field. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, I've often had that conversation with, with our kids, you know, well, dad, how, how am I supposed to let you know if it's time for you to come pick me up from practice? And I always said to them, and they can repeat it now just in their sleep. I always said to them, well, I'll tell you what, I played three seasons of sports during my grade school, high school years, and I always seemed to make it home at night. Um, somehow, some way, my parents just knew to come get me. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, but it's a different time. And, and um, you know, but growing up was, was great. I had a, had a great childhood and wouldn't trade it for anything that's wonderful yeah it sounds it sounds it sounds amazing actually so tell me a little bit about your schooling from elementary up to highest education yeah so I was um uh I I went to uh parochial schools my entire life until through high school uh wow went to uh two catholic uh, schools when I was a child through sixth grade. And then, uh, my parents wanted to send me, um, to, uh, one of the schools in the city in Albany. And I ended up going to Christian brothers Academy, um, which is a uh, Christian brothers, uh, school. And, uh, I went there from seventh through 12th grade. Uh, again, uh, an amazing experience. As a matter of fact, I, I credit, my six years at CBA in Albany with pretty much giving me the foundation for who I am today. Wow. Um, That's quite an endorsement. Yeah. Well, the, the, the discipline of the day, every single day we wore a uniform. It was a, it was a junior ROTC school. So we had a, a military uniform that we, we wore every day. Um, it was, it wasn't a boarding school or anything, but, um, you know, it, it uh, was a military uniform every day. We had to make sure that we were, we were sharp. We were, we looked good. Our, our shoes were polished. Our brass was polished. We had inspection every day. It was the discipline of making sure that you were ready to go every single day. And, um, you know, we of course had the Christian brothers were, uh, were still prevalent at the time in the, in the school, so, you know, the majority of my teachers were, were brothers and, um, 
you know, which replaced the nuns that I had when I was in kindergarten through sixth grade. So I went from one to the other and, and had both experiences. But, you know, the brothers were they were disciplined. They they believed in in the basics and the fundamentals. And um, so that was burned, etched into my my brain for a long time. And, um, you know, six years at CBA gave me the foundation for whatever I am today. I, I owe to that. That's, um, that's great. Great experience. Loved it. You certainly have had a lot of structure in your life. I have. (laughs) (laughs) I have. So, Ned, tell me, what was your very first job? Boy, my very first job back to, I'll go back to, I think I was 13 or 14. And I worked at McDonald's in Wine and Skill, New York. (laughs) for the summer which was about probably about a six mile ride from our house where I grew up in Averill Park both my parents worked so I rode my bike believe it or not and this is not one of those stories I used to walk (laughs) to school in the snow uphill both ways this is not one of those stories I, I kid you not that I rode my bike back and forth to my job at McDonald's in Wine and Skill New York for um for that summer that was my first job and and all i did was clean i mowed the lawn i did every odd job that they could throw at me and i don't even remember how much they paid me i want to say it was probably 350 an hour or something it was oh wow i I, keep in mind this was 1980 i believe (laughs) i was thinking that you were you know slinging burgers yeah no no i did very little of that Oh, I did every odd job that they could throw at me. That's great. Now, yeah. what did you take away? What did you learn at that job that you've taken away with to, with you to every position that you've held since then? Boy, I, you know, I've never really thought of that, Bobby. I don't, I guess the basics really, I mean, you know, probably the biggest takeaway is, is um, I had to ride my bike there, you know, and um one way or the other, I had to be resourceful enough on my own at 13 or 14, whatever it was that I started working to get myself there. Yep. You know, they were depending on me. I had to be there. And, um, you know, it was important enough. I mean, obviously it was instilled by my family and my schooling, but it was important enough that I had to figure out a way to get there. Yep. Um, I, I think the takeaway really from that job was, was just, you know, somebody's depending on me and I got to make sure I'm there. I like it. Well, it's a good lesson to learn and it's great to learn it at such an early age, but that's a lot of responsibility too, to, to get yourself there and, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, you know, it's funny. You don't think about it at the time. You just do. Um, But when you look back at it, you go, wow. Well, you know, think if you think back on it, I mean, 1980, boy, it seems like it was, in one regard, it seems like it was yesterday, but <laughs> man, I guess it was a long time ago at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I mean, I couldn't drive. <laughs> exactly. you, you Nobody to- was there to get me there. So uh, it's either riding or, or walking. Figure it out. Well, yeah. <laughs> figure it out. So yeah. what is it about? 
what you do today. What is it about your business today that interested you? Why, why, why the growth coach? Um, what is it that interested you in it? So small and medium-sized independent owners. Um, I did that for a long time with Napa and, you know, I love working with small groups to help them succeed. I started, you know, my education at Plymouth was in it was in education and I thought I wanted to be a teacher, but I knew I wanted to be a coach. And that, that was one thing that I came out of my education at Plymouth state with is, is knowing I wanted to be a coach. And of course, at that point, I wanted to coach, you know, sports. I wanted to coach, uh, athletes, um, football, track and field were my, were my two loves. And, um, that's kind of where I pointed myself. And I, I started out there. I started, um, I taught for a year at the high school that I went to at CBA in Albany. Oh wow! And, um, I taught in the classroom and I coached on the field and I'll say, I loved coaching, mm. but I hated the classroom. And, you know, I've often been asked, why did you not like teaching? And I think the thing that I didn't like about teaching was it was just too confining to me. It was too, the, the, the setting was rigid. It was inside the classroom. Keeping in mind, this was 1989. At 22 years old, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I loved coaching, you know, but the coaching piece, you're, you're out in the open air, so to speak. And I mean, literally and figuratively. Exactly. exactly. And, um, you know, you're out in the open air and you, you get this opportunity to create these kids to recognize their potential, what they, with the gifts that they have and get them to try to, to, to bring it out of themselves. Right. And uh, that, that's what I really loved about coaching. And you know, over the years, my kids asked me quite often, dad, why do you do what you do? And, or what is it exactly that you do? And it, it probably took me, I want to say, Bobby, it took me, I don't know, 10 or 15 years of working in my corporate job at that point. So this is probably around 2000, 2005 or so when it dawned on me and I answered my daughter one time, she said, dad, what is it that you do and why? And I said, you know what? I always wanted to be a coach. And I said, and that's what I am. Absolutely. I coach at that time I was a sales manager. So I said, I coach a sales team every day and I coach business owners every day. That's what I do. And, and so the, the passion that I have for coaching and, and trying to get the best out of, of everybody and help point them in a direction and get them to focus and, on, on the tasks at hand and, and so on and so forth. Those are the things that I was doing every day without even recognizing it, Bobby. I was doing exactly what I wanted to do when I was 18, 20 years old awesome. through my education as a coach and a teacher. Mm -hmm. I was still doing the same exact thing, just in a corporate setting. Nice. Um, that's so that that's what kind of brought me to this. I like it. I like it. Well, let's um, get to where you are today. You've already told us that you are married. Yes. 
So you have a wife and you have two, I do. two lovely children. Yep. And so my last question, and, and you said you live, you're living in Newmarket right now? We do. We live in Newmarket, New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice area, actually. Yeah. We like it. And we like it a lot. So how did you, I mean, how did you land in, in Newmarket compared to Raymond or Portsmouth yeah. or, you know, North Connor? Well, I, I guess the, by default, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, we moved back to New England and specifically, we wanted to be in northern New England. So we moved back there, here uh, in 2018. I, I took a job. I left Napa and I took a job up this way as a regional manager for a, for a, a company, uh, Brentag Lubricants, based out of Manchester, for, uh, for a couple of years. And, and um, I accepted the job and, and moved up here, started my work which we had gotten used to over the years. We had done this several times. Um, I started my job in the winter of 2018 and uh, we started looking, you know, had to sell our house, of course, in New Jersey. Uh, and we started looking for housing up this way. And in 2018 was probably the very beginning of the real estate boom that we've experienced over the past couple of years. And real estate was moving so fast. And of course, I'm in, I'm in a hotel in Manchester, New Hampshire. My wife is in a house in Long Valley, New Jersey, which is about 350 miles away. And, and, you know, I'm looking for houses when I can. She's down there buttoning things up in Long Valley. And, and uh, well, uh, in 10 years, um, just so happens that my wife and I were talking about a five and 10 year plan last night. I, I think where I want to be in 10 years is I want to have a run here with <clears throat> excuse me, my business, but continue to do that through a retirement. Uh, and I see, I see probably us having a, a place somewhere down South that we can nice. get out of this cold weather <laughs> There is <some laughs> for a few months. Cold weather as you get older, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so I think we'll end up, uh, probably doing that, but again, keeping my, um, keeping my fingers in this because I do thoroughly enjoy working with business owners and in, uh, in, in doing this, helping develop teams and maximizing and creating efficiencies and becoming more effective and all that. So I, I, I see myself continuing to work part-time um, probably three or four months a year down South somewhere and uh, the rest of the time back up here. Nice. That's great. Yep. So we're going to move into the next segment. And okay. um, I ask these 10 questions to every guest. So um, if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. The first question is, what's your favorite word? Oh, boy. My favorite word. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I would say awesome. Okay. And what is your least favorite word? Can't. I like that one. What makes you just laugh out loud? Total belly laugh. Uh, <laughs> Jim Brewer. Is he a comedian? He is a comedian. Saturday Night Live comedian. Okay. Yeah. And what, and what is it about him that makes you just belly laugh? He does 
he does this insane impersonation of Brian Johnson, who was the former lead singer of ACDC. <laughs> and you think that you're listening to Brian Johnson. Really? And he does it obviously with some comedic flair. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> I love that. What makes you really sad just totally breaks your heart to see people struggle mm. i'm with you on that what sound or noise do you love <laughs> the uh the clatter of the dog's paws coming across the kitchen floor when i get home <laughs> <laughs> That sounds wonderful, actually. Yeah. And what noise or sound just drives you crazy? Absolutely can't stand it. The scroll of someone on their phone as the volume is up <laughs> and they don't realize it as they go past videos on their Facebook page. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> Some people have done that. Yeah, including now, myself. <laughs> oh, I think we've probably all done it at some point or other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am going to ask you to mute yourself for the answer for this. So the question is, Ned, what's your favorite curse word? <laughs> There's so many to choose from. Okay, you can come back on. Okay. Thank you for that. I Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy people's answers and their reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that the answer to that question, Bobby, is probably pretty consistent. Um, yeah, it's pretty consistent. Yeah. 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 There's words that you, know, you can use as ag adjectives and. Oh, sure. Very expressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Ned, um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh boy, I probably, if I could turn the clock back, I would probably want to continue to pursue coaching football. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it would be really fun. And what profession would you not want any part of? Being a lawyer. Really? No, yeah. No, why? I have nothing against lawyers. <laughs> let me let me state that as a as a disclaimer. But yeah, I think I think the attorney uh, I I don't like ambiguity. Okay. Right, and and I I've always said, you know, if you go to you see your doctor or your lawyer, <laughs> you never get a yes or a no. Well, that is right. Oh, yeah. Unfortunate, but true. I hadn't thought about it that way. Hmm. I mean, now, now you got me thinking. <laughs> yeah, and and I just um, I don't like that ambiguity. I just like to I like the structure. <laughs> yeah. Well, no surprise there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Ned, my last question for today is, what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like people to remember you, or what would you like them to remember about you? I hope that 
I'm remembered as a great father and husband. Nice. Well, it sounds like you've got- That's all I've ever won. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a pretty good start on that. Well, I, I hope so. You know, none of us are perfect, but uh, I've always just hoped that that uh, we can leave our mark as parents on our kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope at the end of it all, I just, I hope someone says, he was he was a pretty good dad and and a pretty good husband. Nice. Well, my best wishes for you on that. Um, Thank you. As I said, I think you got a pretty good start on it, and uh, I'm sure if you think it and believe it, it will happen. That's right. Yeah. So Absolutely. I. I would love to um, thank you for being our guest today. It's been such a pleasure. And I just want to, um, is there anything else that you would like to share with us before we um, wrap up today? No, I, you know, I, uh, as you know, Bobby, I joined the chamber uh, a couple months ago and um, started my business uh, about five months ago now. Um, we're just in the launch phase, uh, although I've been doing this type of work for a long time and, um, really, really excited, uh, about getting it going, but also the, the, um, the amount of people that I've met over the past five months that are just so to listening and wanting to reach out for each other and with each other is is inspiring um you know i I, i've always known the power of networking i don't know that i really understood the depth of it i've said that to my daughter a couple of times in the last year or two as she's you know continues to to grow her career in encouraging the networking aspect of what she does. And I've told her, I wish I knew when I was 25, what it meant. And if I knew then what I know now, boy, it could have been a different, uh, a different story. Not that I regret anything. I don't, but um, boy, I, I really wish I understood that. Yeah. And I think, I think this is, this is a great, um, a great avenue to, to, to kind of get some of that going. That's uh, it. So it's been refreshing, I, I guess is the, what I'm saying is That's it's been refreshing to see the, the amount of people and the help in a community that people want to lend. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing your life with us today. We're very appreciative and we certainly have a better, we've gotten to know you a little bit better. So great. Yeah. So we are going to wrap up by um, thanking our guest, Ned Carpenter, president of the Growth Coach of Southern New Hampshire for joining us and being our guest. I also would like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Uh, For now, you can find our podcast on the Exeter Area Chamber website, www.exeterarea.org. This is Bobby Vandenbalk, Member Services Director with the Exeter Area Chamber, signing off for now. Please join us again for the Chamber Buzz with Bobby. See you later.
The Chamber Buzz with Bobby is built and distributed through Anchor by Spotify. This podcast is produced by the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce. To learn more about the Chamber, visit exeterarea.org.